From the great American Pacific Northwest, greetings and welcome, my friends, to this week's edition of the Parachronicle Almanac. I'm Jonathan Hawk. Well, not a lot of paranormal news this week, but we've managed to curate a few stories for you. In this week's episode, we'll hear about creepy dolls found in a forest in the UK, you know, just in case you needed a bedtime story. Also, cephalopods passing cognitive tests designed for children a space hurricane observed above the North Pole, and and more. Now, before we get to the news, don't forget to like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to help spread the word about our show to help us grow. And we're always looking for stories from you, paranormal or otherwise, so give us a call on the Parachronicle hotline at 818-570-0126 if you'd like your story featured on a future episode. That's 818-570-0126. Save it to your contacts because you never know when you might need it. Or you can always email at hawk at theparachronicle.com. That's H-A-W-K-E at theparachronicle.com. And on that note, let's dive right in. Well, as I said at the top of the program, if you're in need of a good night lullaby, this story might be for you. Creepy dolls tied to trees in Kennick Chase have been taken down. This from the UK. A creepy collection of baby dolls tied to trees in Kennick Chase has been removed. The collection of dolls, many in lacy dresses, tied to trees in a clearing near the Brindley Village car park in Hednesford, Staffordshire, have been removed. Along with the dolls, a Ouija board was also found on the ground with used candles placed on top. Signs revealed that the area was once the site of the Ministry of Pensions Hospital, which closed in 1924, and the buildings were later acquired by West Canick Colliery Company to house miners along with their families. The site was then known as Brinley Village and had a church, a school, a football team, and even a working men's club. It was inhabited until 1953 before residents were moved to a new council housing estate on the outskirts of Hednesford, although the school remained open until 1959. It isn't known why the dolls were put there or where they came from, but it certainly gave the area a chilling look. Historian Richard Pursehouse heard about the dolls and paid the area a visit. He said, someone sent me a photo of the dolls. I then went and had a look for them as I knew approximately where they were and, and the rest is history. There doesn't seem to be a specific explanation. Nobody owns up to them, although the presence of the Ouija board does point towards people maybe being bored from the lockdown or wanting a bit of excitement. And now here's the part that interests me. I'm speaking for myself, Jonathan Hawk. Quote, these doll forest and doll island stories are not just confined to the UK, though. Scandinavia and North America have them too. Dale from Paranormal Truth mentioned finding one in a disused cinema too. The doll forest has now been removed, all except for one, and I don't know why they kept the one, but who knows. Story doesn't really go into that, but the Paranormal Truth investigative team will be returning to Canic Chase when it is safe to travel, and the doll forest will be high on their list of places they intend to investigate, along with the Hopton Heath Civil War battlefield and other places uh, with a lot of history. So my question to you, uh, the Parachronicle Almanac audience, is in your area, have you ever heard of a doll forest or a doll anything? I'm just kind of curious. It surprises me that these things have been found in North America, too. So if you've heard of anything similar in your area, reach out. We'd love to hear about it. Oh, and sweet dreams. Well, if that last story doesn't send you to dreamland, here's one for all you seaside dwellers. 
Cephalopod passes cognitive test designed for children. <laughs> well, cephalopods cover four different seafaring slimy animals. There's the octopus, squid, nautilus, and cuttlefish. In this experiment, it was the latter creature that triumphed in a version of the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment. The study was developed in 1972 by psychologist Walter Mischel. Built around a simple task, a child would be offered one marshmallow. They could eat it right there and then, or if they waited around 15 minutes without eating the one in front of them, they'd be given two marshmallows. In a new study published in the Proceedings of the Royal Society B Journal, cuttlefish were given a similar experiment. If they could resist eating the meal put in front of them, they'd receive a better one later in the day. The research was led by Alexandra Schnell of the University of Cambridge and conducted at the Marine Biological Laboratory. Schnell also collaborated with the facility's senior scientist Roger Hanlon, a leading expert in the behavior of cephalopods. As per a press release, Schnell explained cuttlefish in the present study were all able to wait for the better reward and tolerated delays for up to 50 to 130 seconds, which is comparable to what we see in large-brained vertebrae, such as chimpanzees, crows, and parrots. This study marks the first time a link between self-control and intelligence has been found in animals other than human beings and chimpanzees. The cuttlefish that passed the marshmallow experiment also showed better cognitive performance in another learning task where they were trained to associate a visual cue with a food reward. The researchers then reversed the task, associating the reward with a different cue. Schnell said the cuttlefish that were the quickest at learning both of those associations were better at exerting self-control. While the findings showed cuttlefish being able to tolerate delays to obtain food of higher quality comparable to that of some large brain vertebrae, researchers weren't entirely sure why. Schnell continued, cuttlefish spend most of their time camouflaging, sitting and waiting, punctuated by brief periods of foraging. She added, they break camouflage when they forage, so they are exposed to every predator in the ocean that wants to eat them. We speculate that delayed gratification may have evolved as a byproduct of this so that cuttlefish can optimize foraging by waiting to choose better quality food. So if you live in a ship down by the seashore, you might want to lock your doors at night. I'm just saying. I'm just thinking of your safety. And for this story, we head back to the UK for the latest after a strange flash of light near Gloucester and the M5 causes a power outage. This from Gloucestershire Live. Experts are at a loss to explain what caused a mysterious flash of blue light in the sky over Gloucestershire. Moments after the incident, a power outage hit a number of properties in the area and then another flash went off. The bizarre moment was caught on motorist Andrew Simmons' dash cam as he exited the M5 heading south on Junction 12 near Gloucester. Officers from Western Power Distribution patrolled the area today, which was actually March 3rd, to attempt to uncover what caused the power outage on Monday. But they found no evidence of anything hitting the power line. A spokeswoman said, We patrolled the overhead power line. There was no obvious evidence of anything that could have struck the line. There was a power outage in the area at the same time as the flash happening. If something had hit the overhead power line, it would have caused the flash. But there was no sign of any damage. Rumors have been circulating on social media that it could have been a swan hitting the line, but she said it was unlikely because the creature's body would have been found. Mr. Simmons' footage shows the night sky illuminated with a huge blue flash in the distance. It lasts for a second or more, and then the street lamps and traffic lights instantly go out. As Mr. Simmons cautiously continued around the junction, turning towards the northwest in the direction of Gloucester, a second flash is seen from the same direction around 10 seconds later. 
What was this, he asked? Was this a power surge, a meteor, or something else? Did anybody else spot this? The incident happened at 10.24 p.m. on the evening of Monday, March 1st, the evening after a huge meteor exploded over the north of Gloucester in a fireball that could be seen as far away as the north of England and Dorset. And a space hurricane has been observed above the North Pole. This from Science Focus. Scientists say they have confirmed the existence of space hurricanes after analyzing a 1,000 kilometer wide swirling mass of plasma spotted hundreds of kilometers above the North Pole. The space hurricane, observed by satellites in the Earth's upper atmosphere, was raining electrons instead of water. It spun in an anti-clockwise direction and lasted nearly eight hours before breaking down. These events would be expected to lead to important space weather effects and disruption to GPS systems, scientists found. The observed hurricane, which occurred during a period of low geomagnetic activity in 2014, could be one of many happening within our solar system and beyond. A team of scientists led by Shandong University in China analyzed observations made by satellites in August 2014 and created a 3D image of the hurricane and the Earth's ionosphere. The findings, which were published in Nature Communications, confirmed the existence of space hurricanes, which had not been detected before. They also reproduced the event's main features and explained its formation. Professor Mike Lockwood, space scientist at the University of Reading, said the hurricanes could be a universal phenomenon at planets and moons with magnetic fields and plasma. Quote, until now, it was uncertain that space plasma hurricanes even existed, said Lockwood. So to prove this with such a striking observation is incredible. Tropical storms are associated with the huge amounts of energy, and these space hurricanes must be created by unusually large and rapid transfer of solar wind energy and charged particles into the Earth's upper atmosphere. Plasma and magnetic fields in the atmosphere of planets exist throughout the universe, so the findings suggest space hurricanes should be a widespread phenomenon. The space hurricane was found to share many features with hurricanes in the Earth's lower atmosphere, including a quiet center, multiple spiral arms, and widespread circulation. The scientists said the hurricanes open a rapid energy transfer channel from space to the ionosphere and thermosphere and would be expected to lead important space weather effects such as increased satellite drag, disturbances in high-frequency radio communications, and increased error in over-the-horizon radar location, satellite navigation, and communication systems. The team said the process may also be important for the interaction between interstellar winds and other solar systems throughout the universe. And in case you're wondering, word is that Santa and his reindeer are perfectly safe, though he's been gifted some egg-shaped iodine pills from the Easter Bunny just, just in case. Well, that just about does it for this week. Don't forget to reach out if you see something unusual in the sky or someplace else. Or if you have an interesting story to tell, you can always call our hotline at 818-570-0126 or find us at www.theparachronicle.com. Please like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to spread the word about our little show to help us grow. And until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and know that here on Earth and in the universe, we are not alone. For the Parachronicle Almanac, I'm Jonathan Hawk. We are